Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 228. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week, we celebrate Women's History Month with some love for America. Chavez, that is. <laughs> Mutant Madness is heating up as we move into the Sweet 16. We go to the casting couch to see if we can get the money shot. There's news you can't use. And this week's comics and issues. And of course, as always, we want you to plug me, Daddy. Uh, there's no housekeeping, so let's just get into Women's History Month. Awesome. So for Women's History Month, uh, and as a lead-in to her MCU introduction later this year, Homo Superior took a trip to the USA with America Chavez's 2021 five-issue limited series, America Chavez Made in the USA. Written by Kalinda Vasquez and illustrated by Carlos Gomez, the book focuses on its titular character introduced in 2011 and specifically on the origins of her home life after she fell through dimensions to Earth. Or did she? This solo book runs America through the ringer, having having her reconnect with her family who found her, the family she lost, and what really happened before she was discovered as a little girl in NYC. We meet her blood sister, find out her mothers were doctors from this dimension, and that the utopian parallel was just some white billionaire's island where he was both attempting to find a cure for Edge's disease, or Edge's syndrome, while also taking advantage of magically empowered child super soldiers. America ends her journey further enlightened about family, and also slightly depowered, searching for a cure and keeping her Edge's disease, or syndrome, why do I keep saying disease, at bay. Uh, what did you guys, let's start about like America as the character first before we dive into the book. What do you all think about America as a character? What do you mean as a, you mean like, personality wise or history wise? No, like as, as the, like the character itself, America, like what, like what? She's a great character. Yes, excellent. Great, great character. And also while I was reading this book, all I was listening to is Childish Gambino's This is America. <laughs> Just, uh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's. The, the character is great. I've loved her since she was introduced in Vengeance in 2011 by Joe Casey and Nick Dragota. Loved her in Young Avengers and Ultimates, the, the Ultimates that was based in the 616 written by Al Ewing. Um, and, you know, I think uh, we'll get into the miniseries a lot more, but it is very competently written and mm-hmm. illustrated and it has a lot of great elements, but there are some elements that I didn't really love, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Right. See, I feel and I love the character that they've neutered her like crazy. Like in Vengeance, she was fucking kick-ass. She would cuss. She did whatever the fuck she wanted to. She was awesome. Now she's just like every second she has a new girlfriend and it's just like cutesy, annoying. And then she's goog- like googing. Yeah, goofing off with um Kate. Bishop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, and I'm like, this is, she still has some of her personality, but now it's just watered down. I will say her friendship pulls through. I mean, up until even this, I don't, I don't, I know of America Chavez a lot, obviously through our ongoing reading and conversations. I don't, I haven't read a ton of the content that she's been in. Uh, I do really enjoy the character overall, and I think she generally has shown up well in this miniseries. Uh, but I, I like the more rough and tumble version that you're describing. I would have liked to see that come out more. Vengeance this was felt- a stupid but really actually well done and interesting way uh, miniseries. Com- completely agree. It, it's hard to get a lot out of a miniseries for a character. Um, she seems fun and spunky, and you know, I think she is interest. She's got there's a lot at least within this that's that's interesting. It does feel like there's something missing, like a flaw in her personality. That that might need to come through a little bit better than just I love being a hero too much at the expense of my family. You well, know? Mm-hmm. as four cisgender men, what do we think this character might mean for anyone who identifies as a woman? 
I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, we really shouldn't be doing this podcast, but we're doing it anyway. Yeah. So I just wanted to call that out. Well, but yes, we're five we have, years too well, late, we have Adam. to do it because she's going to be in Multiverse Correct. I'm joking. I'm just saying we're very aware that we are four men Correct. giving our opinion on a character. I, I do feel to Clark's point, they definitely have softened a lot of her edges to make her much more... Um, Palatable to... The masses. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And especially, I mean, the whole thing, I mean, I, you know, going to the Supreme Court hearings that are happening this week, where especially women of color have to like show like utter poise at all mm-hmm. times because of like the awful stereotype of the angry woman of color, the angry black woman, the angry yep. Latina. Uh, like, and so like, I, I don't know if that was the intention, but it definitely like over the last decade, like her, a lot of her like uh, edginess, which I really have loved has sort of just softened a bit who is her girlfriend in this robo girl who's the ramon i believe i don't even know because she doesn't appear in the previous miniseries i don't i mean i guess i don't know what's going on the thing that was concerning I think that happened me. during that weird young avengers one that we we read that we hated Not a, west no. coast avengers excuse the west me. coast yes. avengers yeah I don't. it did definitely came up from us she was an at she that they were pulling that storyline through from yes. west coast to me sure. the concern is that You've got these, all of the characters seem like they were the same, that they're like, oh, it's like, we'll give a character, in order to make, quote unquote, the strong female character, they'll be slightly sassy, and they're just trying to like make it through life, but none of, all of them are kind of washed out. There's in, like in the much, one that we read? Yeah, in this. Uh, yeah, let's let's turn over to the actual miniseries itself and just kind of talk about Well, let what me works. first give you the entire history of this woman. And <laughs> yes, it's going to be short. Do. It's the history of America. The when, they, when they first introduced her in Vengeance and then Young Avengers and those comics, the early ones, she was, they purposely didn't explain what she's supposed to be mysterious, etc. but she was literally just from an alternate universe, the, the ultra parallel where she had two mothers who were just fucking kick-ass women who yeah. died to save the Close up all the black yeah. holes that were potentially. So, anyways, coming. we fast forward to the first series that she gets. After, this is twenty seventeen. Yes, yeah, the so. um, let's see, um, Gabby Rivera and uh, Joe Quinones. It it turns out that she goes to the magical slash um quote unquote powerful Sonia Sotomayor Soto Sotomayor University in some like pocket realm where she goes to the Department of Radical Women and Intergalactic Indigenous Peoples department to learn things it feels like the babylon b wrote this as a parody bizarrely <laughs> anyway so she goes there and then she finds out that she the ultra parallel is actually a planet Utopian called man. fortuna uh, fortuna which means uh, for, uh luck in mm-hmm. spanish w- whatever. yeah yeah and then una and it's what like, is what does fortuna mean in our I don't language? Know. And nothing. And so th- then there's two lesbian like space gods come together and make the planet and then there's a lot of women on the planet. And that sounds kind of cool, But then actually. aliens have to come, and then they make them all leave to go to the ultra parallel in general. And then... <laughs> Utopian parallel. But go yeah, on. yeah, ultra parallel. I like that one. <laughs> Same difference. Um, and then and then the creatures turn out to be good. It's just that they didn't have a good conversation. Mm. And you're like, what the fuck is A rifle. And it is complete nonsense. Anyways, and the one we learn now, since they went from like just that to something stupid and insane, they decided to take it completely back. back. And now she's just some dumb, hu- as you said, just some rando human that goes to the, I'm going to call it ultra parallel. I don't care. <laughs> which is just a, basically some biome this man made. And, and these poor women have edge disease. So I want to talk a little bit about so uh, Corinda uh, Kalinda, excuse me, Vasquez is uh, the author, and she 
came from TV, actually. She did, like, Prison Break mm. and has done, uh, like, I think she's done a bunch of CW stuff as well um, and has worked on The Walking Dead. And so I think I don't know if she's done a lot of comic work, but it's interesting that Marvel brought her. One, it's great that it's, you know, they brought in yeah. uh, a Latina to, to do this. Uh, but it's like they're, like, getting... Uh, America Chavez ready for the big screen, mm-hmm. but we know in the big screen she's it's part of the multiverse of yeah. madness. Yeah, like the like the viewership, like non comic readers are getting used to the idea of parallel universes yeah. and how all the insane stuff. It's like by making the uh the the retcon of the origin more mundane, and yeah. it felt very like two thousands. It's like we gotta like just. We got to make this as like relatable to people as possible. I'm like, you can make it relatable by the fact that like, like, you know, she was adopted by uh, a Latinx family, uh, you know, that she's queer and like they get, I think, a lot of the voices correct and getting New York. Yeah, I but think they how got New York is it really relatable well, to the many white men who want to conduct experiments on people? <laughs> you got to think about that market. That's they've been thought about too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad the one thing they kept was the fact that she has um, lesbian mothers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, literally sure. all through the run, their hair is exactly the same for the last 15 years. They have <laughs> not changed the hair of their mother. Uh, the entire I, time. I do it's think it's haircut. it speaks to I. What's so funny to me is that I thought this this miniseries did a really good job of already grounding her mm. in this familial and earthly connection to uh, the San, was Santana family, like. Yeah. That already made enough sense to me. We're like, oh, they're giving her this because that was also added for this. I believe that like that she had this sort of growing up history when she got dropped and she was just a child. The family's wonderful. Their interactions are great. Her like connection to her brother, mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. Then, but then to take because I remember when you guys used to talk about her and explain this sort of like parallel universe lesbian mom saving the world. I was like, wow, that's so fucking cool. Like I love that idea. What a cute idea. And it to that point that exactly right now it just it really feels so icy for no reason. Like it just it feels like this extra layer to provide more grit to this character when she didn't really need it. And I think it also the fact that it all revolves around trauma, but isn't necessarily like needed trauma for her hero journey. Something just feels a little bit it just feels off. It just feels like extraneous almost in a way. To me, it was very reminiscent of Miracle Man, that you had some comic series that's rebooted and yeah. that the design of it is that, yeah, you thought it was these glory days, but really you were under some scientific experiment. The thing that makes that work and a little bit harder you know, to accept here is that the central story becomes about your identity in light of these horrible abuses that have been done to you. And, you know, what does it mean that now you're the superpowered being from a horrible experimentation? Um, it's the central focus of the story. And I worry that this is not going to be retconned in order to like develop mm-hmm. that further. So it's it's a change without an addition. Mm-hmm. And my hope is that there might be some writer who comes later that tries to connect the two in some way and say, you know what, actually, the, like, have we heard of edge disease before? Like, no. It, is it possible that these are multiversal, you know, refugees? Yeah. But Why can't that, it be both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Edges syndrome is such a fun, they never really explain what it did besides just being like, they're going to debilitate. Yeah, but if I heal them, it makes them worse. But if I don't heal them, they get worse, <laughs> worse. but better. Never understood the good kinds of Caleb. I think the Miracle Man comparison is actually very strong because like it was attempting to do that kind of same kind of re- de- deconstruction. It works in Miracle Man because it was the first time it was done. It was taking something that was so, well, one, it was already derivative of like, you know, the Shazam comics. 
and then like finding a way to like find you know some very interesting things to to say about that. But here, I was thinking it was going to be like either that episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine or Buffy, where um, either Buffy or Cisco, depending on the show you were watching, are in a mental hospital and like they think that like mm. all that stuff. Like, they're being told over and over again, they're being gaslit, basically, that, like, oh, this didn't really happen. You're imagining this. And I was hoping that that would be the resolution. It's like, no, 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 no. The more fantastical cosmic thing is the real thing. This fucking retcon from your, quote-unquote, sister is her trying to gaslight you. Yeah. Maybe they could have... Maybe they could have split the difference a little bit more in this to be like, ah, it seems a little bit hazy. I still don't have my full memory about this. And that there is some element of, yeah. I'm also still confused by when Catalina, uh, America's sister, I assume killed that dumbass white billionaire and then was like, I get it. Like they all have to keep getting their like boost to story, stay alive. But something just, it just all, it feels once you start like digging beneath why these things happened and what would have caused it and what, why didn't they talk or why didn't this occur? Like what's meant like something just feels off. So it's like one of those things, if you don't think about it too hard, it's like, and again, do not get me wrong. I thought all the dialogue was really overall great. The art is fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I really that's enjoyed really all nice. the issues, yeah. but it just, the core story concept is the part that's losing me more than anything else in terms of delivery. So I don't know if, Glenda had come up with this. I don't know if it was sort of handed to her, of like this is the kind of story we want to tell. Could be editorial. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it just it feels it feels like it's there's a lot of potential in in all the things that are going on here. It's just not the story that we want to see. I do I, want to see a team up book of her and Spider Man. Loved though. it. That, that was, was great. Cute. The yeah. banter was very such good. a fun ad. I just I I hate when someone has a secret sister or brother that show up and it's I'm fine when it's a character we already know but as soon as it's some rando and they immediately shove her into some star hole three issues later it's like because like, what's su- the point who cares I was now gonna- we know we have some this thing that's just there and no one is ever going to use it again right I was going to ask I'm assuming you're you're our beat on the street for everything Marvel beat kids I'm beat, beat kids. kids I know thank you Wonder Shells in <laughs> reference um where where is she now? <laughs> like, what Who? did they are? Because the, like <laughs> the sister? This, no, well, yeah, oh, that, but also America. Because this kind of turned into like a semi like Black Widow scenario where it's like I've escaped and now the starlings are out there and I'll find. Like, I was just like, this can't those. exist in the. They're not. They certainly won't do this sort of plot line in the MCU well, because it's too much like Black Widow. She's going to be in that new Thunderbolts. That's she's gonna be in the Thunderbolts oh, yeah, yeah, by Jim that we're not going to read. But yeah. what about Catalina? So she's they, just floating she's in, in the, the they all have toilet. Star she's on an island. Do yeah. They all, do they all yes. like sparkle? So, so when I was talking about that weird planet, so one of the lesbian um, phantom gods was making a star, and the other one was making a planet, and they met each other, and then they fell through time to fall in love, and the Aww. planet was also a star. That's beautiful. No, it was it, the it's, dumbest it, bullshit. When you read it all, you're like, what and why? I think it's Kirby Land. Time for Sonia Sotomayor University. I will say your description actually made me want to take shrooms and read that book, because I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm listening. I want to go to that university. Constant, what are you talking about? It is constant. It's 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 the same thing as Cena Grace's. Where it's kind of w- Mary suing yourself into a book. Yeah. That was crazy. That And you're like, I want to be this character, so I'm going to make this character as great this, as possible. But they also want to have my personality shoved in there, too. Yeah. It's Cena Grace's nonsense. Well, I hope the her portrayal in Multiverse of Madness is going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah. Are there yeah. pieces oh, yeah. you're I'm very excited? Are there, like, what do you want to see? And we kind of already have seen the actress. Uh, her name is escaping me. But what do you want to see from this, this Multiverse of Madness? I kind of don't want them to movie magic her powers up 
Like there are some ways that they try and make certain powers look right. And there's an effect of like her kicking to make like an actual star yeah. shape that's like a clear line yes. rather than some weird like fantastical portal yeah. that I'd like for them to keep. Yeah. Like it's straight. Yeah. It's I want straight, straight edges. Lines. I want it to be like a weird cartoonish unnatural looking like star shaped hole in reality. I mean, I want the first enough about your history <laughs> and then the third history to combine without the dumb dome ultra parallel thing I keep calling it utopian parallel. <laughs> utopian parallel yeah yeah no I'm I really want it to stay like I hope they keep it more to like that really did happen and again yeah. I hope they build out her actual family life I hope she has like a full on like New York moment kind of situation hopefully her own starring vehicles I just I do think this gap of this like strange billionaire fucking Ed- Edris syndrome cannot come up because it doesn't make any sense I don't understand what it is it just was like so half baked. It just kind of dropped. Uh, I think uh, what I'd like to see from the MCU is she's the catalyst for the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just great. want. I mean, the, her lesbian mothers are in the one we just read, but because that man is there, it's not about them. It's about that man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the original, it's about them, you know, saving the their universe, and it's they the, die in it's the process. The Superman story, it's, but like told through a queer. Yeah. And yeah. Instead of just some dumb out. jackass. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say if you do want to read it, which you probably should to just get a little caught up on where America Chavez is in the comics before uh, Multiverse of Madness. And again, mm-hmm. celebrating some Women's History Month, check out America Chavez Made in the USA. All five issues mm-hmm. are Definitely currently on Marvel Unlimited. It's well written, but and the story's drawn. dumb. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, Kalinda right. and Carlos. Let's get into some mutant madness. You feeling a little crazy, Brent? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, so this month, Homo Superior is asking all of you to vote on your favorite X-Men storylines over the decades in a March Madness-style bracket. And we've we've broken down the 64 storylines, yup, 64, into four major divisions. First up, the Claremont era, self-explanatory. Chris Claremont wrote the X-Men for 16 years, and he oversaw their direction for that long. Then, the extreme 90s, also self-explanatory. It's the 90s. Uh, the third uh, category is the rise and fall of the mutants, which is basically the aughts. It's the start of the Morrison era, and then like leading into um, uh, House of M, Decimation, and then of course Utopia. And then finally, the fourth bracket is the fall and rise of the mutants, which is the teens to the early twenties, uh, basically starting from Schism and then leading up to the end of the Hickman era. So this past week, we completed, or well, we almost completed round two, and we're about to go into the Sweet Sixteen. So the storylines that have made it thus far from the Claremont era, it's the Dark Phoenix Saga, Days of Future Past, uh, in, uh, Inferno, and uh, it's uh, likely going to be Mutant Massacre. Actually, it will be Mutant Massacre. Uh, and then from the extreme 90s, um, we've got Executioner's Song, Fatal Attractions, Phalanx Covenant, and Age of Apocalypse. And then from uh, the Rise and Fall of Mutants, so far we've got E for Extinction, House of M, and Second Coming. And B for Blow Up. Uh, <laughs> and C for You're a Cunt. Uh, and then um, from the final category uh, bracket, I should say, uh, from The Fall and Rise of Mutants, we've got Inferno 2021, The Hellfire Gala, and Hoxpox have moved uh, moved to Sweet 16. And while we're recording, you're voting on whether Messiah Complex or Endangered Species move on. Messiah Complex is definitely in the lead, so I'm pretty sure it's going to win. And then uh, between X-Men Disassembled or Phoenix Resurrection, which they're both kind of tied. They're neck and neck right now. Quite frankly, uh, from an editorial perspective, they're both kind of bland. So mm-hmm. don't really care if they win. Uh, and so you can vote on Twitter at X and or on Instagram at Podcast. 
Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight will be done by the next time we record our podcast, and then we'll be moving on to the Final Four, and we'll be able to announce the winner of Mutant Madness by April 2nd. I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't renamed the eras something more inappropriate or like annoying, like the Claremont. The Claremont era is the overrated era, or... The extreme 90s. Sex stream 90s. Yeah, the sex stream 90s. It's the pocket era. A lot of fists. Titties, ass, and lots of pockets. A lot of fisting. Quite a few shitty ones going up against each other that shouldn't be going to the... Well, I feel like uh, in most most of Sweet 16 is like we've definitely like cut away a lot of the trash and it's some like really strong ones. The chaff. Uh, trial is still there. No. Yeah. No, well, trial's gone. I thought trial was still there. Trial got trial got oh, cut. Thank God. Yeah. Trial got cut. I saw I thought it doesn't matter. The reason why is because <laughs> the Claremont era has so many bangers and like the latter two have some mm-hmm. decent ones but a lot of shit. Like for the for the uh the fall and rise, it doesn't get good really until Hickman. Hickman. I yeah. love that you call them banger because I want to be like mute masker slaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why That's do I feel bop. like we're just gonna end up with like Dark Phoenix Saga or something? So, it's literally going to get we're gonna get the same mm-hmm. lame ass shit we always get. Not lame, but you know the ones we already know. Here's my prediction. So for Claremont era, can we get your predictions, Kalen? Yeah, you can get my prediction. So for Claremont era, I think it'll either be Dark Phoenix Saga or Days of Future Past. One of those two, but uh, I would tip the scale to Dark Phoenix Saga. For extreme nineties, it's got to be Age of Apocalypse. Thank you. Uh, for Thank you. didn't that almost lose? It almost lost. Time? I'm worried. I no, thought, it didn't. It uh, did. Well, it depends because we have so many voting channels. You've got the aggregate. You're, oh, no. You're no, 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 no. Age of Apocalypse did just fine. Thank you. Because uh, getting... I saw you post about that, Clark, and you scared me. It scared like, me too. <laughs> when Kaylin's counting the votes, he's got a green visor. And like an <laughs> it's very, and, very money ball. Yeah. And I, we can confirm for you that Kaylin is taking this very seriously because if Kaylin does doesn't like seeing what he's seeing. He's like, everyone's got to get people to vote because I want them to know that you're not just picking stuff based on what you like, or we're not just picking stuff. But like, we're actually following the votes. Oh yeah. I was literally strolling around being like, wait, did age of apocalypse not make it? And then you said that I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. We are like, this is democratic. We're as coming possible. As, the, yeah, coming as the close Instagram to one showed it too close to call. I just think, yeah, you got to look at Twitter and Instagram. Well, I don't both. like Twitter. Well, it likes Clark- you just right, fine plug. No, no, no. I was going to finish my thing really yeah, quickly. Let him right. finish so his I thing. think from the uh, Rise and Fall of the Mutants, E for Extinction is going to win that bracket. And then from the Fall and Rise, it's got to be Hoxpox. So those will be those will be the four. And then it'll probably come down to Dark Phoenix versus Hoxpox. And then it's really it's and then the it's big, then it's about like recency bias or like you know, historical nostalgia. Nostalgia. Hawks. I mean, Hellfire Gala was surprisingly popular. But against Hawksbox, it won't be. I don't know. We'll see. Well, guys, it's time to take a seat because we're at the casting couch (sighs) where we discuss the hottest rumors and confirmations. Time to spread your legs because we're on the casting couch. Spread your legs. Uh, (laughs) It's it's casting news. You know, you understand what it is. Uh, Are we still doing Caster Blast? Caster Blast. Yeah. Caster Blast. Caster Blast. Uh, Are you going to cast him or are you going to blast him away? All right. On Friday, the Hollywood (laughs) Reporter revealed that uh, Back to the Future and Star Trek Three, the shir- the search for Spock's Christopher Lloyd, will be joining season three of The Mandalorian, <laughs> which is currently filming in Southern California. Uh, his character is unknown, but he's going to be a guest starring role. Uh, we don't know how many uh, episodes he's going to be in, but he could ultimately appear in multiple, ep- uh, multiple episodes, multiple seasons, just like Amy Sedaris does as the weird mechanic lady. Uh, is I- this a casted or a blast? I <laughs> hope he shows up as Fester from the Addams Family. <laughs> 
<laughs> or Judge Doom from Who uh, Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, oh, but he, what no, about he's characters dead, he's from, from, that. from Star Wars? Is there, I mean, definitely cast him because first Adam, of all- Adam, as the friend of the person who's our resident <laughs> Star Wars expert. <laughs> I mean, having Christopher Lloyd hopefully play alongside Amy Sedaris is fantastic. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. Done. That's her father. Yeah, it? like, I mean, if that's little, I, that's who the character could be easily. Like, it's just like, oh, we got to go to my home planet. He is a weird to robot. Yeah. As he's long a as good so- scientist um, in Back to the Future, so I think it's perfect. There we, you go. We did it. As long as he says, great Scott- <laughs> with a great emphasis then I'm there he's gotta there's no I mean unless he wants to play against type there's no way they're not finding a like uh, doc a wacky prospector correct exactly. I would love if they just covered him in prosthetics so you couldn't even <laughs> recognize it was him <laughs> he's just gonna be a random stormtrooper oh, he's, he's a hut he's one of the huts uh, yeah no cast him uh, what's that blue elephant guy's name Oh, it's uh, uh <laughs> oh, oh wait, god no. damn it! He's the piano player. If only yeah, our he's, resident. He's already been cast. It was in the last two seasons. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's, it's a ret, it's a ret, it's a ret, it's a ret cast. Oh, that a ret cast. <laughs> so that sounds right. Moving on, according to a new report from the Rap, George Lopez, Adriana Barraza, El Pedia Carrillo, and Damian. Alakaz, Alakazar, Alakazar, Alakazar. Apologies, are all have all joined the cast of Blue Beetle. Uh, they'll be portraying members of Jamie's family. Um, George Lopez will be playing Uncle Rudy. Barraza will be playing Nana. Carrillo will be playing uh, Rocosio. And Alcazar will be playing Alberto. Um, I, d- I didn't know. Like, all that I've seen Blue Beetle has been in, like, the animated movies and stuff where they yeah. never focus on his family. So his comic series did, and it was great. It's about family. It's about family. <laughs> yeah. Familia. Yeah, no kidding. No, I think uh, it's a it's an. I mean, obviously that makes sense. It's great that he's gonna have a family. I will say a slight blast on George Lopez just because I don't really like him as acting. I just don't find him that good. Yeah, he's gonna be the wacky uncle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like that's what I worry about. I thought there was some allegation against him being like a jerk in the way that Ellen was, but I don't know if that's true, and I can't remember it. Is so, he, didn't he like steal jokes? Or is that, that was, yeah, all of them stole jokes? Oh, okay. I, yeah, but I I do think I yeah I don't. I don't so know maybe I'm saying. wrong. So what's what's in between a cast it and a blast it? Because I think everyone else seems fine. Uh, a mast it. Yeah. A blast it. I'll la- I'll last it. I'll last I it. I really like Adriana Barraza. Um, she was she got an um Oscar nomination for Babel. She was in oh, Amores Peros. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah, she's yeah. really good. Oh yeah, she's in one of those movies. Moving on. Uh, Supernatural star Misha Collins is coming to Gotham City as Two-Face, a.k.a. Harvey Dent. I don't know why it's Harvey Dent. Not Harvey Dent, a.k.a. <laughs> Two-Face. In the CW's- He was born as Two-Face. You see, Two-Face is the real person. Harvey Dent is the mask. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, then I guess it's correct. Uh, <laughs> in the CW's Gotham Knights, uh, Collins announced the news on Twitter with a playful reference to his time playing the Angel Castile on the CW's long-running Supernatural which ended in 2020? What? <laughs> it lasted what? 16 seasons. I will seasons. say, I also thought Supernatural was still occurring. <laughs> but it, I guess a prequel is in the works. Yes. Quote, I've it's asked, just called Natural. I've asked if my version of the character would be wearing a beige fr- uh, trench coat over the gray suit. I'm just not sure I'll be comfortable in front of the camera without one. That little well, guy. I hope he's playing gay again. I was going to say, may, well, like queer-coded, right? Major cast. Now, at the end, they admitted that he was gay, but um, the, the supernatural was, yeah. brother was not. Yes. 
Whatever. What are they called? Destiel? It's Greg so, no, and George Supernatural. I thought it was Destiel. <laughs> what? I forget. They're like little pairing. Their shipping name. I forget. What oh, it, uh, it was called. It was called Wincest. Wincest. Well, that's well, that's a different those are the brothers. Yeah. Those are the brothers. Yeah. Wincest. I can't believe that. Yeah. Insane. So I saw a really funny image on Twitter. It's because it's a CW show. It's like Two Face showing up. And it's just one guy with a little scratch on like his left cheek <laughs> or right cheek. But, I mean, the concept for this sounds interesting, but it's also a CW show, so I'm not buying. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> never gonna see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, it's time to get off. Uh, looks like Marvel Studios may have found its director for Echo, one of the next shows from the studio to begin filming principal photography. Amidst rumors that the, that Sydney Friedland would be boarding the project, the filmmaker shared a casting call for Disney Plus show looking for Native America, First Nations, and Indigenous peoples to play background actors in the aforementioned production. So it looks like the Reservation Dogs director has been added to the show Echo. That's fantastic. Because really Reservation good. Dogs is a very good show. A major cat. Hire him. Hire him or fire him. Hire him. They, oh. Gast him. <laughs> or blast him. Whichever is the better one. Yeah. <laughs> Cast hire. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? I'm no. excited. We don't have time for other thoughts. It's a news flash. Yeah, I don't care. All right, Disney employees, we already know that Bob Chapek is a piece of shit. We, you guys talked last week because I wasn't here about the whole Disney being monsters because they were supporting that don't say We did it for the last two bit. weeks, actually. <laughs> well, I was there for one of them. Anyway, <laughs> Rachel Maddow about don't say gay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we won't, we're going to keep reporting on it until we're So done. anyways, a um, bunch of LGBTQIA plus folks and their pals um, <laughs> took hundreds of them, um, just took to the streets after and fucked their, fucked their jobs just Good. to... I don't know, show everybody that they mean business. They want, um, let's see my quote that I just said. Eh, da, 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 da. They just want leadership from Disney Company regarding the don't say gay to that they have utterly failed to match the magnitude of the threat mm-hmm. for LGBTQIA people safely represented by this legislation. And they want Disney to fully suspend political funding to all these dicks. And as we know, Disney has called Disney a woke company, even though they aren't being very woke because Disney, I mean, Di- scientists is <laughs> a fucking... real, yeah. <laughs> You're giving he- people the modicum of somewhat decent yeah. basic respect they deserve. What a woke That's company. That's too much. Yeah. Anyway, so every major Disney subsidiary, entertainment-wise, has been supporting the protests, including Yay. Marvel, uh, Lucasfilms, Pixar, da-da-da-da. So that's good at the very least. Um, what's going on, people? Well, <laughs> this stuff is really, really important, and not. Uh, I'm gonna get on my soapbox again because, um, based on like against the Supreme Court hearings, mm-hmm. you know, some of the questions that have been coming from the Republicans mm-hmm. and the Judici- uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, they were qu- asking her uh, questions about um, like marriage equality and the Obergefell decision, and we have a friend who's like convinced that once Roe gets gutted that like they're coming for marriage equality next. And I was like, I don't know about that, but I think he might be right. And so um, for a long time, the right, the the conservative movement, like kind of retreated on marriage equality because they thought, oh, it's done by SCOTUS, blah, blah, blah. blah." But they have a super majority now. And, you know, and uh, they feel really emboldened by doing all this stuff. And it's just, it's a really scary time uh, to be in America and like to have, Finally, like at least some courage shown by a lot of employees, people who could very well yeah. lose their jobs, their pensions, you know, their livelihoods. And like by doing this, like Disney better fucking listen. And I'm also heartened to see like, I don't know if you all saw, but like Seattle Pride basically told Amazon that they couldn't participate because they have donated too much mm. money to uh, anti-LGBTQ uh, IA plus uh, folks. I mean, and this is we're talking about Washington State, Seattle. Yeah. That like 
like that's... like Amazon is based there, and like you know, like the fact that they did that is is huge. Like we need these these yeah, these moments to so companies can start finally exerting pressure because they are not doing that anymore. Yeah, it's pretty rare and uh, impressive to see these workers who are going out. Basically, I mean, they're fighting for a social cause. Obviously, it's very important to individual people, but it's hard to get people to unionize in this way to uh, all collectively walk out. Yeah. The fact that they've done that is no small feat and uh, huge kudos to them for doing it. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say the the biggest thing that I, I both terrified of our continual like capitalist dystopia, but also emboldened by the fact that as by our capitalist dystopia. dystopia. Well, no, only because like as these companies become so fucking big and that you have such a big basis of people working like they're becoming their own nations, more or less. And some mm-hmm. like obviously like meta way, not in like a realistic way. But it's like this is the only way that things are going to continue to shift is that if there is like a knowledge economy and corporate environments, people are like, fuck you, we're done with this. Sure, money is still really important, but also, God damn it, start changing the way we do things and have behaviors. Because even at like, even my own organization, like there's there's like such a good healthy discourse. We're a lot smaller. Don't need to worry about all the scale. <laughs> just slightly smaller. Well, yeah, it's, oh, significantly, sorry. But it's like, it's just like, what I appreciate is that you can see at every level, like the more that these conversations do bleed into corporate atmospheres, that's how the change happens. So I'm just really proud of, to the, exactly what we're saying, is like so proud of all these people for standing up taking that risk and really making their voices heard because that is what's going to shift dial rather than people sadly even outside the organization also trying to hold that organization accountable yeah disney has started selling uh pro gay disney shirts and also mm-hmm. anti-gay disney shirts <laughs> <laughs> perfect mm. just confederate flag ones yeah. oh god Jesus. all right uh, song so, of the South. right anyways and luckily because what happened here lightyear the pix not that was so pixar yeah the one the buzz lightyear now with chris evans Spinoff uh, is restoring a same-sex kiss between Uzo Aduba's character Hawthorne and her lesbian um, partner, which is very good. I also noted that, you remember how I talked earlier about Luca and how gay that fucking movie was? Mm-hmm. They it. have then admitted two days ago that the female character in that was supposed to be gay, but they removed it because they were trying to make this movie kind of pre-romance because mm, these are yeah. 10-year-old characters, but also that there's a level of future romance they're hinting at, especially with the gay, the, the boys. Yeah. Which yeah. is, it was a super fucking gay movie. It's so, gay. so, 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 so gay. Yeah. But I guess that it, since they're 10 year olds, they didn't want to make it sexual. Yeah. If they were 15 year old characters, I guess well, look, you can try as hard as you want to say that that wasn't gay, exactly. but it, it's gay. Uh, well, the director quasi admitted then unquasi admitted then quasi admitted again. Yeah. But they it's, were clearly it's based on the fact that to true. Yeah. It was a little. I wrote that. Have your cake well, it's kind of. It was. A, it was a level of. Yeah. So, well, anyways, it, so Disney definitely probably put pressure on Pixar than to do that. If Pixar has to somewhat note that it was gay, but not fully note. But it, that it is it that gay. point that it's like you know any I would say pre-pubescent things. It's like it's just like it's some level of like intimacy connection has nothing to mm-hmm. do with like sexuality, regardless of how anyone identifies sexual orientation wise. Like it's just sort of like oh, this is cute. This is fun. This person means something to me. I mean, they did have a lesbian couple at the end of it. Well, two lesbian fish, elderly women. Well, yeah, yeah they were look, old. and the whole thing about him being a mon- secretly a monster. Oh, yeah, that society wouldn't accept. So outrageous. Because I could believe good. you could tell a different story that uh, is not the same as like budding friendship. That doesn't. Whatever, whatever. We don't need to rehash. Someone this. has dad issues, and the other one has parents. Yeah. Anyway, so MCU stuff. Nova's coming to MCU. It was noted by Moonlight writer Sabir Perzada. 
Um, we don't know whether it's movie or TV. Are you excited? I mean, yes, you're excited. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. It's got to be a movie. And Cast I think out. it's going to be a TV show. <laughs> really? I, I hope it's a TV show. I don't want a movie for I don't now. think That's Nova... a lot of money for TV show. It's space. Sure. I mean, they're going to do, but they're going to do Secret Invasion as a TV show, too. Yeah. And, like, I mean, they're throwing so much money at Disney+. Plus. The only thing is, like, Nova is not as well-known a character well, to the masses that I think they're going to start with the series. They said that about Spider-Man, and look how well he's done. I would assume, hopefully, <laughs> they're, point. they're also building up the Nova <laughs> no. Core, so I'm just hoping, like, rebuilding, I would say, in some capacity, or it's like a Nova Core that they own everything, so I'm just very excited to see that. And as we said, we want it to be the Dick Ryder one and not the Sam Alexander Dick one. Ryder. Who only existed because Jeff Loeb's son sadly died and so he wanted to like like Aww. create his son to be a superhero, but it was a kinda of, but the character was a dick and you're like, Why 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 you Maybe his son was a why dick. Why you <laughs> No, don't 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 no, you're talking about a dead child. Um anyway, so Daredevil <laughs> reboot is reportedly in the works. Um seemingly because there's a company that Disney now owns called Blind Faith productions llc there's also a lot of news in, um, suddenly in production weekly there's something that says D- daredevil reboot with kevin feige and chris gray as the show's producers caitlin's finger uh so i think uh you know we talked about also a production mm-hmm. studio that's it, involved caitlin's finger it is it's, it's, he's it's a great producer <laughs> uh but caitlin's toe uh unfortunately shuttered down but um i do think that daredevil is going to probably spring from echo Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, Kingpin is going to be part of Echo, and in the comics, Echo is a Daredevil character, and so like all of this just sort of makes sense that they're going to like find a way to kind of reboot, uh, you know, Chris Cox or Charlie Cox, Cox. excuse me, as uh, as as Daredevil in within the confines of the MCU, and so like seasons one through three have happened, but they're probably going to only reference them very tangentially. It's Chris Cox. I really want it to be a porn star. It, it is a porn star. Mr. We've talked about yeah. this before. It's uh, Charlie Cox. Yeah. All right, let's see. Let's see. And uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, I have to type. I'll be uh, interested to see before. to what extent it's a real hard reboot, and they just kind of pretend like, you know, Kingpin and and uh, Daredevil have been going at it, and they've got some other prior history. Oh. Versus... I think that yeah, I I think they already even confirmed like that. I I thought they were already saying that those three seasons aren't real but to your point i think they'll just wash it away of like it's an ongoing relationship but they're not going to reference any direct events from the they previous. won't I, yeah they won't contradict it i don't think yeah i think they'll just be like okay this is all new stuff because like I until think that, colin farrell comes back as bulls <laughs> well because because they don't want to have the whole fucking iron fist shit with of like course. with like defenders and everything, yeah they don't have to so. explain where everybody else oh, yeah is. they're new to right now they're, they're not bringing most of those characters back someone put on twitter a series of images of like daredevil and uh they showed like the you know the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, then Charlie Cox, then a clip, a photo of uh, No Way From Home. And John Favreau was in the Daredevil with Ben Affleck. No kidding. And he was also in the He was uh, happy? No, Way Home. no. Not in that one. He was foggy no. in that one, I think. In the uh, Oh yeah, I could see that. That's what Affleck. I meant. Sorry, Happy was, was why Iron What Iron is all Man? these no. fucking names? I um, I, they need to <laughs> I just think. Oh, there's only, there goes Gloomy. Look yeah, out for yeah. oh, Sunny's coming oh, over watch for out. lunch. It's Dumpy. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only one of the four series that should even exist is Daredevil. The other ones need to be rebooted entirely. I don't think yeah. they were good enough. Yeah, they, just they, get me. They bungled so many characters that it just didn't work. Just bring yeah. back Jessica. R- is it Jessica? No, Ritter? don't bring her back. How Kristen dare you, J- Jessica Kristen Jones? Ritter. We're supposed to, we're Ritter. supposed to be experts on this. Kristen Ritter. This is Adam. We're bring talking Bring back about. the actors. I love them. No, come on, just. Bring that, back that John will, That Barry will connect Gold. it way too much, and I don't think they Fine. should be connected that much because I didn't like those. Th- 
Anyways, shut up. Um, uh, there's no season two of WandaVision. That's literally all I wrote because there's nothing else to fucking say. That's according uh, how to... How was that news? Everybody well, that, knew that. That's according to Moon, Moon Knight director Mohamed Diab, who seems to have way too much, and, and I like it, things to say um, this week. Also, he says that um, Wonder Woman 1984 was crap and wildly racist because mm-hmm. it depicted Egypt as people just like wearing stuff that would be in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. or... Yeah, they did no research. Nondescript. That movie Uh, was trash. And also, he says that casting The Rock as Black Adam is totally fucked up, as we said, because just because the skin tone happens to match, they decided to cast a a person of um, Pacific Islander race to be someone from the Middle East. Thousand percent. I mean, the arrogance of uh, The Rock, really, because he's the guy who's moving that project forward. And it's like, I, I, I understand you have to get like this draw in he trained for it <laughs> it's he's the only one who could have done it so weird so says the rock and they're like did you do any cultural learning or sensitivity i no. actually was, like, was no worried. i was worried that they were going to make a wandavision season two yeah. after the success of the first season because they'd just be so tempted money to money do money it. yeah but the fact that they figured out other ways to money grub I mean, some of those are built for multiple seasons and WandaVision was never built for that was seasons. I mean that really is though because it's just their stupid buddy cop shit like they can easily do another one but of that the only show right now that we know is definitely getting a second Loki. season is Loki yeah. like Fatwa is supposed to just go into Captain America 4 <laughs> that's the what is what Fat- oh I see the Fatwas no I don't like it too close to Fatwa all but right. yeah, Hawkeye doesn't need another one either, unless it becomes a Kate Bishop only vehicle kind of thing. Yeah, Young Avengers. I yeah. think it would work. I would like the season two of that because I also want to get Mockingbird in there. Anyways, mm-hmm. this is news that wasn't down. It's just so stupid. Meanwhile, in Jason Aaron's Avengers Forever number five, uh, quote unquote, according to Bleeding Cool, Marvel wants to see their man things touch because there's going to be a whole team of giant sized man things fighting against some people from alternate universes. Uh, this is a joke that needs to die. I loved the joke at first, but it's like, this is definitely like a dick and fart joke by an overgrown white boy. I mean, if to... we see dick and farts, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, if, if How it... we see, they just have... Oh, like, you are? Okay. Just have yeah. like... Batman's dick and they like, DC completely shut down. I don't think we're going to see oh, dick. I, mean, I haven't God, seen I Batman's fart yet. Man, man, if the man things have a man thing for each other. I mean, well, I, mean, like, like, I want to see all Batman's... Of, all of their chins, They uh, their chins have like three dicks on them. Oh my God. Does I want to see Batman sit on a cake and fart. Is that so much to ask? What, a, what I want to know. A lemon party? What <laughs> about that? Can't a man have a <laughs> fart party with Batman? What I want to know is are those man things. Do they have swamp ass? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. So now this thing that I don't think is going to work out. New digital Dis- platform that wants to, disru- to disrupt DC and Marvel's duopoly. It's called Zest World. I mean, th- from that point, it's you dumb. guys have failed. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> you stumbled. Um, that's out of the a game. lemon party it's if a, I've ever a, heard. Yeah, of it's a new. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just saw. It, a is, ho- it really is. <laughs> we saw the gates open and a horse fell out yeah. named Zest World. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a new creator-first digital publishing platform. I'm asking, isn't this just the same thing as Substack? That's what they wanted to be. Well, hopefully with uh, less anti-trans yes. and less anti-vax oh. stuff. Yeah, uh, presumably. Yeah. I thought I thought that one of the differences was that Zest World is, has more editorial discretion. That you're not just publishing whatever. But I don't know if that's true. But like fake. Yeah, I don't think and I, like the, the headline of it, like trying to disrupt DC and Marvel. You're not going to do that. You're trying to disrupt Comixology now, now with like its utter garbage interface mm-hmm. because Amazon fucked it up. I think is <laughs> yeah, I think is an interesting thing to do because I think if Marvel with Marvel Unlimited, DC with uh, DC Infinite, and then like this company, Z- God, you need a new name. Uh, Zest World like tries to help platform. with like indie indie creators. Like That's they could idea. find finally a way to like break 
the horrible monopoly that com- Comixology has done, and which it worked for a while because the interface was so good for yeah. like about a decade, and now it's trash. Yeah, I, it's hard to see how this wouldn't, like this would disrupt those two because eventually they could just buy it. Yeah. I get some comics from uh, Panel Syndicate, including Friday and a few others. Let's see. Bad Karma that are really good that are done by Alex DeCompi was one Ed, Ed Brubaker does Friday. And it's the oh, same yeah. kind of thing. You're literally just, you could pay whatever you want to their um, shit. Not, what the hell are those fucking things? We Patreons? Have no, no, no. PayPal. We literally oh. just throw $3 at their PayPal. Oh, PayPal. And it's literally to the person's name. It's and like Is this 2004? Yeah. Yeah. Alex, hey Alex, I'm gonna take PayPal and give you three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I mean it works very well and the stories are really good. Yeah. A new one just came out, it seems. I'll, um, called May Day by Alex DeCompi as of a week ago. She's talented. I'm buying that now. Nice. On podcast? Why not? <laughs> oh, because there's other news you have to do. Open your phone <laughs> no, 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 and no, 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 buy no. it immediately. Isn't there no news I have to do after this? Uh, uh the only thing an anime oh, yeah. series. Anyways, so the some of the things for Zest World is the Awakened by um just says Segura on it. Uh, Segura, Michael Moore, Mackay, David, C- Dean Cotts, and J- Jason Wordy. Boom Pow by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti and Otherworlds, which is a reimagining of the Otherworlds saga. I don't know what that is. What by is Phil that? Jimenez. Oh, other uh, he did. Uh, it was a uh, Vertigo <laughs> series he did in the 90s. It was, it was actually our right. Fraser hey, friend of the podcast, Phil Jimenez. I like some Stop of these talking. people. Clark has to get back to his Amazon Phil, wish list. I, I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last thing is the Tekken, the, you know, the video game. You know the video game. I sure do. It's going to be an animated this series. Guy, starring uh, the lead uh, that's uh, from Tekken 3's 1997's Tekken 3 yep. um, Jin Kazama where it's like of course some woman gets murdered and it's his mother and then he has to do that because his mother's dead now so you it know, is we a, can't keep women alive well this is a fascinating spin out for this because they're basically yeah they're doing Tekken 3 without doing 2 and 1 so yeah. to your point because Jin Kazama was she was introduced in the second one was my favorite fucking character she? In the, yeah uh, Jin the, the, mo- the, the wife okay. yeah the mother um, but Is, she, ends she up, end up not dying, undying. No, no, no. She gets murdered. Like it pissed me off because she was my favorite character in the second one, and then in the third one, they're like, "Oh, by the way, she had a kid with Kazuya, who's obviously the shitty like devil child of the main Mishima like owner." And then she's like, "Oh yeah, but then there's also this crazy fighting force that like called Ogre, who like breaks out of a fucking temple, murders her, and then starts stealing people's powers." So it's really it's an interesting storyline. But it is like it's annoying that they kind of jumped ship to just do his yeah. like character work. I, I don't want to sound stupid, but what the fuck are we talking about? It's Tekken, bitch. Yeah, so Netflix has got each of these as an animated series. No, so Tekken's like it's at seven now, I think. Uh, so they've had seven games since like the original PlayStation. There's only like, one the TV show called they're, Bloodline, which is the third. They're making stuff a, from the yeah, they're doing one. an adaptation of the third video game. So they're skipping Ignoring the first the two like plots of the first two fighting games and jumping directly to make sure that Jin is like the main character of whatever ongoing anime series okay. they'll do next. N- Adam, what's the history of the game itself? It's Japanese. It's, yeah, it's Japanese. It's, it's from Namco. A, it's a Japanese fighting game where they're fighting the king of the Iron Fist tournament, and they're just like all going at each but other. You and have, there's some bears. There's some weird brown and white bears fighting. There's also a kangaroo that's the best character named Roger. So in this, so the second one is where I really picked up steam. And to your point, exactly there, you got to unlock a shitload of random characters that yeah. all had like kind of like mirror versions of each other. But there was Kuma, which was the original bear yes. of the owner Hahachi. But then you also got Panda, which was someone else's like random character mm-hmm. but then to your point the best two characters have been roger which is and a boxing roger. kangaroo yeah. 
and then I don't remember. Roger, but it's a, no, Roger Jr. Because Roger dies, and Roger Jr. shows up, <laughs> and he's his son. But what's but, crazy? But it's the mother with the with yes, baby Roger. There's inside. like a baby inside of it. Like it's like the they both yeah, do they the box. animations. They've got boxing thing. But on <laughs> top of that, the person that got really screwed out of it because in the second one there was also a boxing raptor who was the mirror image of Roger the boxing kangaroo. Okay, <laughs> and, I think I've just had a stroke. Listen, in. anyways, I, I asked for clarification, and I'm not. <laughs> there is no clarification. It's complete nonsense. We need a. We're gonna need a Adam and Clark explain something to you as rapidly as possible. <laughs> I feel like, like this, if this was a test for whether or not I had a stroke and I could understand language, I would fail it. I think you need to put another fifty cents in to be able to understand the rest. Yeah, of the, yeah the rest of the characters are pretty more down to earth, like a cybernetic ninja, like all sorts of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, so grounded. Yeah, the other ones there. are boring. Okay, we're done, right? Yeah, Adam, yeah. go. Let's do some issues. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't figured out our uh, closing. I, I that. like the Super Nintendo, there like Super Mario now, right. though. Uh, the issues is our weekly recap of all things X, along with a few of our favorite Marvel house writers and characters. This week we have Ten Deaths of Wolverine number five and Devil's Reign X Men number three. Let's do Devil's Reign X Men number three because I think we're gonna have a lot of shit to talk about Ten Deaths of Wolverine. Yep. So we've got writer Jerry Duggan, we've got artist Phil Noto. The go nowhere plotline of Emma being framed for a murder that didn't happen ends with a lot of fun low level telepath fuckery, a dog and pony show, and Emma being cleared of charges, reuniting with Isabel, the long lost now ninja murder witness, and swearing revenge against Wilson Fix. Fisk. I'm fine with that. What do we think? I, I feel like Jerry Duggan wrote this drunk and on a dare. Uh, he's like, I'm going to do just some batshit story about Emma, but that's not going to be that batshit. I'm going to try to tie into Devil's Reign, but not really. And like her scenes are great. I think he writes a good uh, Emma. Yeah. I think Phil Noto draws Beautiful. lovely. Like yep. He does facial expressions better than almost any other artist out there. But the whole story is just super inconsequential. And also, I don't think it helps because we're not reading Devil's Reign mm-hmm. of like uh, understanding what's happening in the grander scheme of things with like, I didn't realize that Wilson Fisk and Typhoid Mary are apparently married because I haven't caught up yet. Uh, uh, she's a rapist. Uh, yes, she is. Um, but, uh, you know, it was fine. Like, it was fine is all I can say. I, I kind of wish it was more of a one shot. It didn't, it didn't need to be three, <laughs> but, three but series. But didn't we really need Union Jack? He was I, so important to the to the. I was I happy got, to see him. I was but happy it was such s- a freaking waste, and they do him out of character. So like, yeah. it could point? have at the most, it probably should have just been two issues. I do really like her breaking out of the Union Jack conversation. That was amazing. That yes. Was so yeah. Fucking stupid. Yeah. The, yeah. What oh, you got? What you got? I have nothing to say. Oh, it was uh, dumb. to me. This was like, <laughs> I don't know. You want. When it's Emma Frost and Wilson Fisk, you want a chess match, and this is Fuck like one-dimensional checkers. <laughs> it's connect four, you. if that. It's no, battleship. No, I got you. No, I battleship got you. Battleship is too intelligent like, for this. Yeah. Oh, I, I, it's mousetrap. This shit's Candyland. I, I got you on murder, Emma Frost. God forbid you actually know where the person that you hit away is. Also, was it? I mean, she was literally part of the Hellfire like club when it actually was around like if they needed to get her on a bunch of charges they would have had them already she was in london the girl was in london they could have found her very easily none of it made sense (laughs) yeah like it's just it's just it's all dressing just for jerry duggan to write emma in like the best way possible this is though how i feel like i would like to see when they do a one shot for a character like just to have like a series of awesome things that that character is doing that really highlight who they are. Yeah. If they could pick moments from this and just throw into one issue, that'd be a lot more interesting. It's than a lot like Matt Fraction uh, and David uh, uh, Aja's Hawkeye. 
which is exactly mm. what you're describing, which was the basis for the Hawkeye show on well, uh, I guess I'm Plus. a genius. <laughs> sure. I, I feel like if they're in London and we're dealing with that, they should have brought in the Hellfire London Hellfire Club, made mm. them be in cahoots with Wilson Fisk. Right. Make it a li- like. There was also, I thought they were going to do that. No they made, they, they there was no build up. There was really something. no build up. It was a very low stake. The entire thing was so low stakes that it didn't really mean anything. I liked the first issue a lot because of like all the stuff with the X Men, and I was like, "This is really fun." Yeah. And then it just yeah. kind of like, meh, kind of just. Well, I mean, the second one had a fun Spider Man. Uh, yeah, that's true. The second but... one had all the great cut back and forth, right? Of how she was like fucking around with people. Like we, I remember there was like the quick, there was like almost the montage sequence I thought in the second issue that was really good, which was like her just like being Emma Frost, which I was like, oh, this is great. You know what? I want to. Now I want a team up series with Emma Frost and America Chavez, and then Spider Man shows up every now and then. And they <laughs> yeah. just make fun of him, and that's all I really need so, in life. Adam Benjamin Percy shat in our mouths today. Please, yeah, tell us let's about talk it. about Ten Deaths of Wolverine number five. Uh, I, Wider Benjamin. I thought that happened on Twitter or something, right. <laughs> and I was like. What? He's writer, into some kinky stuff, and I'm not going to yuck his yum. Writer Benjamin Percy and artist Vincentini. Uh, so 10 Deaths ends with a whimper, not a bang, closing out the 10-issue combined miniseries. In it, the family Wolverine attempts to stop a time-displaced phalanx-consumed Logan from spreading through all of Krakoa and beyond. Only some adamantium slashes and a sage-configured cerebro sword are enough to stop this never-ending assault, which I have major problems with. We get a lot of the best there is combo because sure, why not? And having Beast remind us that there are three kinds of people, dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies thinks everyone can get along and dicks just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes and all the assholes want to do is shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. Seems like a great way to end this miserable and off the rail series. To your credit, that's more coherent than what happened than what we read. Okay. <laughs> that's just from a team Who Amer- says this? That's from Team America. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am going to okay, I need I need a moment here because I reread Ten Lives and Ten Deaths of Wolverine and I read them like sequentially. So I read all of lives and then all of deaths and mm. then found the converging point. Just to see if there's like, okay, maybe I missed some genius here. I didn't. It was actually worse. Because I'm convinced <laughs> what happened is Benjamin Percy got uh, Hickman's notes, either from Hickman, Jordan White, whatever. They're like, we need to find the connective tissue between uh, Inferno and then Destiny of X. Um, uh, and uh, we need to make a way for that to work. Oh, and then uh, Benjamin Percy was like, well, I have all this like X-Force stuff that I've got to resolve, including the Cerebro Sword, the stuff with Mikhail, the stuff with Omega Red. Let me find two interlocking miniseries a la uh, House of X and Powers of Ten to see if this works. None of it does. It is so evocative of the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. specifically because Mm -hmm. you had the character assassination of uh, Daenerys, you know, where, like, clearly, yes, the trajectory for her is to become, like, a villain, but they spent no time whatsoever building that up. With Moira, they fucking just ratchet that up. I'm just like, this is not even the same character. Like, I like... Like I kind of like the resolution of like they found a way to find her eleventh life, where like she's a cybernetic yeah. person. It, she's it, <laughs> so it's an dumb. interesting. It's dumb. It's an interesting. It is an interesting way to set her up as a villain. But the uh, the journey to get there was so bad and sloppy. Like, and I'm seeing a lot of accolades for this online, and I'm like, what the fuck did y'all Who read? Who is that doing we this? I'm not going to name names. No, name uh, names. Dickhole 21 and Susan Sarandon 25. Yeah, uh, and Dickhole 22. <laughs> and Dickhole 22, Dickhole 23. Uh, and but Dickhole I, Susan I, Sarandon. I, I'm, so if you're listening to this podcast and you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, tell us why you like this. 
give us a reason why besides and if it's just about Moira wearing the banshee mask which again rereading that thing made no sense it was a batshit moment and it was kind of fun to read at the time but banshee and all the mutants should have known by that point that Moira is not to be trusted mm-hmm. there should have been some kind of like telepathic thing from sage professor x or all the other <laughs> fucking telepaths <laughs> on Krakoa saying yeah a I, memo a telepathic memo don't trust her. No, no, no. no. They no. sent out the company email that's just like, we regret to inform everybody that Myra's last day was actually two days ago. Please don't be reaching out to <laughs> Please her. Please don't be reaching out to her. She is pursuing new uh, opportunities <laughs> out to, uh, off of Krakoa. So, we're the only, one who, the only ones who get Krakoan memos. The people in it apparently <laughs> don't read it. Oh, okay. And speaking of the memos, so uh, I know they've adopted the Hickman-esque like info yeah, pages. Yeah. None of uh, no, they <laughs> were so they were so uncreative. It was all it was mostly uh it was all she um sages sages like sort of like uh code book or guidebook or whatever of stuff and it was just like sloppy and like we didn't see any of the creative type infographics that we saw when Hickman was doing the Hawksbox or even during the early Dawn of X books. It was just like uh it was a Percy bad photocopy no of Hickman. a Yeah. It was a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy and it's it makes me angry, actually. It makes me really angry. I don't want to get too nitpicky, but how does a skeleton move without muscles? <laughs> Come on. Come you on. ain't never seen no scary movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the skeletons that dance. <laughs> it's in the, it's the, fa- the phalanx did it. I, I will say I do like more and more the Wolverines as a team. The family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that they actually have started to really figure out how they work as a dynamic. Yeah. Um, if I got to listen, I, I think the actual fam. I would love to watch. I mean, they kind of did that with uh, all new Wolverine, the um, Tom Taylor series, where it was like the three of them. Like, yeah, I just don't really need Logan in there. And even if he was, that's fine. I just don't need him to talk about himself because ev- both lives and debts having some sort of wrap up about what fucking Wolverine's ethos is is yeah. the stupidest fucking thing on the planet. How many? He's the best par- at what he does. And what he does parody. won't shut up. It is parody at this point. Yeah. Like, it's just this garbage archetype of like. I was laughing because it's a, a slightly weird reference, but it was like, it's like watching a fan service version of the character Wolverine. Cause uh, my boyfriend's like playing the remake of this persona game series, which is great. It's like a fighting game series like right now. Yeah. But it's like, they can't tell any new story. So they're just pretend they're like, well, that character loves to fight. So every time he talks, it's always gotta be about fighting. Like, they don't have anything new to say about this character. They constantly just have him repeat himself or have people repeat these things about him just to say like, well, that's what, you know, that's Wolverine. And it's like, yeah, yeah this character fucking sucks now because you've turned it into a goddamn hey, cartoon. That's why we need a scalpel. <laughs> what were we going to say, Kevin? You were going to say something. Well, I was going to ask a question, but I was just also going to say, um, I just forgot my, my parent credit. So about I've before. got, I've got some, uh, comments from Ryan crawl, uh, for us to respond to. Oh. Uh, the first one is, so is Moira a Terminator without feeling. What's a Terminator with, with feeling? feeling? <laughs> All right. Well, that's the, yeah. 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 I, I thought she was a power. Well, let's answer our question with a question. Get it. Time. See yeah. what he says. Yeah. Uh, then he also says, "Boulders never do anything. Stop using them, Gabby and Wiley Coyote." <laughs> that's great. That that's is pretty good. Reference. Yeah. Um, I remember. They're, what I was gonna say. Those are not as insightful as Clark's. It does. I do picture that as the, the Simpsons episode, though, of like Dawkins leaning over to Gabby and going, "What made you think a giant rock would stop him?" And she just goes, "Shut up. That's why." <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, now I remember what I was gonna say. Beast, Beast is his like epiphany of like hitting things work. I'm like or stabbing things work. I'm like, that's what you took away from this in 2022. That's the kind of outcome that you're talking about. Like, what is this? Yeah, fucking power, gotta, yeah. power is power. <laughs> Fuck you, Beast. <laughs> uh, 
He's a fucking scientist. And he's like, sometimes it's just easier to punch things dead. I, there were so many fucking people on that island. And it took just some claws. Like, are you kidding me? Like, anyone could have vapor. There's so many people. Excellent. I did like no Sage called her, calling him out. To, well, I helped too. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, woman. <laughs> Wasn't cy- what, that cyber? What the hell is that cyber sword called? Cerebral, Cerebral sword. sword. Cerebral, like, isn't that technology? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. see, that's science. It's literally Cerebro made into a sword yeah. by Magneto in the early yeah. days of No, no, no. Wolverine had to take... This is one, oh. mano y mano. He had to take they care of They don't have anyone this. that can like just teleport like below the Wolverine and above the Wolverine, so he's just falling forever. That is the Wolverine sh- like story that I will want to read, where he is actually works with a team to actively do something, knowing full well that just being a healing factor with blades Fastball can't special. actually make you beat things. <laughs> also, also the fucking when they're like celebrating and having a drink and it's like, we can't get too like comfortable because there's <laughs> dangers lurking around. And then they show sa- like Sabretooth in the pit. I was like, great. Thanks for fucking like, you know, foreshadowing that like so subtly. I'm so angry at this. It's like, it makes me, and I said this last week, not want to read X-Force or Wolverine yeah. When Destiny of X I don't starts. at all. Percy because didn't do so. Percy well is around. not like I, he had such promise early on, and I am like I think for me he has squandered it. It feels like it's almost like he's bored because I agree. Like I was one of the biggest and continued X Force fans forever, and I'm like I got nothing. I can't support, like all this shit. Don't make no sense no more. It's it's like it's entering resurrection levels of like. You did what? What's happened? Wait, why are they doing this? What? Why are they making these choices? I mean, oh, a- after shit. Lives of Wolverine, we're gonna get more Russia shit. I don't want to read that either. Yeah, I don't care. Ra ra Rasputin, mm-hmm. lover of the Russian queen. I mean, the stuff that's happening in real life is much more interesting about Russia than no, it is. Oh, yes, that is a, the wrong right. word, but is the right word. Well, maybe that. I mean, we were talking about that before. Is like, I miss. Maybe they all find downplay that storyline. Hopefully, and not bring it back. For no, quite some time. they don't have any other storyline to do no they're definitely gonna bring it back uh all right well as always we like to wrap us up with a little something we like to call plug me daddy where we each get a chance to quickly quite sorry ryan quickly quickly <laughs> highlight something that we've read seen heard experienced and wanted to share with you our baby whores <laughs> who's got a plug kaylin so i am late to this bandwagon and I am now in the third season of The Expanse almost uh, towards the end of it and I should have started this show a lot earlier. It's one of those things where I'm like I had so many friends looking at Brent here who recommended to me and said I would love it and I finally gave it a shot and it's like after you get past the first few episodes because it's it's very Canadian Mm. uh, in the way that like a lot of the 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 actors emote like it's just not super interesting but I I I, (laughs) whoa (laughs) Kalen yeah. versus Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Kalen blasts Canada. Those fucking uh, Maple Leaf. Uh, You'll never guess what this U.S. citizen said about Canada. <laughs> but I, I liked the concept so much that like I kind of just kept going through it, and then and then I started really liking the characters. It's got a little bit of like that early Game of Thrones feel, but with some like Cold War politics set in space. Um, it's fantastic, and I'm glad that it's all done. So I can barrel through all six seasons, and hopefully the quality stays up all the way to the end. That's my plug. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a little show called Breaking Bad, but I just went back and watched all of it again, and it's great. It holds up really well. If you haven't seen that show yet, you still have time to. It's a really good show. It's. A, I always liked it, particularly when I started watching it, because it felt like it was a... Um, 
it was almost like a fight. To me, it felt a lot like a video game because it was like every season there was always some like we at the beginning there was always yeah. like some big bad that he ended up taking out or yeah. something like that, which I always found hilarious. Like it was just like a very interesting way to do it's very like Buffy a drama. Yeah, it was really impressive the way to do a drama that also was like slight. It wasn't action intensive necessarily, but it certainly had a lot of elements like that. Yeah, there's definitely a certain boss level feel to right. each season. Do you have any prestige? TV. <laughs> I don't. I was actually. Have you gonna, ever heard of The Wire? <laughs> no, I was going to make a plug because for um, Andrew's birthday, my boyfriend, we did uh, shrooms in the Arboretum. So I'm going to do a plug for shrooms because they're legal and readily accessible. You mean when your <laughs> boyfriend got so burned that he couldn't do anything? Well, that's true too. He did get sunburned, but uh, from the mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. Don't do it. It hurts you. That's part of the campaign. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I've done some hallucinogenics in my time. I've never seen visualizations. I saw a lot of visualizations. So. Like a what? It was just like it literally felt like you were like in the movie Annihilation, like oh. a horse or something. Oh, no, no. We, it was we like, should we should swap where you're getting your mushrooms from because I need that. Oh yeah, it was very. It was like it was a candy bar. It was wonder like very fast to eat. Probably about thirty. Kicked in too early. Tried to <laughs> <laughs> thought we'd eat them on the and then be like, oh, it'll probably take an hour. By the time we had got sandwiches to have picnic at the arboretum. As the Uber was pulling up, I'm like, I don't feel as normal as I think I normally do. And then we were stuck in traffic for You're at least high 30, in an Uber. We were stuck. We were at least in traffic for 30 minutes. Neither of us spoke to each other at all. We we're like licking the wheel. I could tell he. Well, he was pissed because he, he like wanted snowsberries. to do it when we got there. And then I was like, Well, no, it might take a while. Like, let's just get this going. So it was definitely off to a rough start. But then once we sat down, and the arboretum, like post winter, is not that attractive. But if you get up to the pillars, if you're ever in D.C., go to the Arboretum, get to the yeah. pillars, you set up your little picnic, wait about 10 minutes on shrooms, you'll start seeing glorious amounts of things moving around like you're in the movie Annihilation. Didn't you also see that new A24 movie this past week? I did. That Thanks. was going to be my original plug. And I would also suggest going to see that if you like. It is basically um, a 70s like exploitation film mixed with The Visit. So if you know anything about the uh, M. Night Shyamalan, or I think it was a produced movie, but the visit of like the kids going to visit their grandparents. Yeah. Lots of fucking weird shit. Very, very gory in a great way. But this is porn stars going to visit their parents. Was, yes, exactly. That's exactly what You know that it's about porn. My yeah, roommate went with to. you and didn't like it. Just, I, it just was so you know, listeners. It was very grindhousey. I could see why people didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, my friend went with you to the Arboretum and he didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Was I under- wait? Did I even do any of that? Was I just sitting at home this whole time? So, so mine's gonna sound like I was on drugs when I'm talking about it right now. So I um, since this I, entire since podcast, I ha- go on. Haven't had any, yes, had any, <laughs> I haven't had anything on Netflix to watch lately because I've just there haven't been scheduled yet. Uh, I've been watching you know Tubi, the very weird. Oh yes, series. everything's fucking so crazy much garbage on, it. on there. So I watched a movie called Brain Damage from 1988, which is about a man who has like kind of a phallic monster named Ayamala coming out of his uh, Ayamala. Elmer, let's see, Elmer. Almer, excuse me, coming out of his back that eats people's brains so they both feel better. And at one part, um, his dick turns like crystal diamond and then falls off. And his, his yes, and his underwear are all like bloody. And then he eats somebody. That's halfway through, so there got to be more craziness so going on. This was an ABC TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you should watch it because it's fucking. TGIF crazy. has really changed. I yeah. thought it was very funny. Late '80s, early '90s B movies that like were straight to video are amazing do, do, and horrible and wonderful. Well, it's old enough now because it was already on HBO Max, yeah. running on a Ringer, and now it's back. If you haven't seen Malignant. Yeah. Watch Malignant. It is did that you, type of fucked did up. You, 
sorry did you see the movie basket case yeah oh yeah basket case is that is brain damage has the same director and creator Mm -hmm. so it's as fucking weird as basket case so the reason i know basket case so there was this uh like electronica act called eon like in the early 90s that they referenced both Dune and Basket Case and a lot of their songs. They had a song called The Spice, so like the spice must flow. Right. Uh, like from Dune. Like they sampled the the 80s movie, the one that David Lynch directed, and then they sampled they had a song called Basket Case. Mm-hmm. And the song started with a the little monster going <laughs> and then like goes into the beat. It was like as a child listening Why to was early he singing techno- the Homo Superior intro song? <laughs> uh, yeah. Basket Case is literally a thing about a guy who has like a twin brother, but it's just like a head that's coming out yeah. of um, the arms coming out of the head, but it also looks like a po- like a cartoon poop. Yes, that's exactly right. Oh, what a weird buddy. I know. It's this very- is why when Ryan's not here, we don't get very fast plug me is because I'm like, I just want to keep talking. Yeah, so I know. Take right. it away. <clears throat> the, you've, <laughs> that's been our episode. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at Homo X and at Instagram. Home Superior Podcast. Rate and review us if you like us. And keep voting in Mutant Madness, where we're going to find out why Dark Phoenix Saga is going to win, when really it should be Hawks and Pox. We've been Homo Superior. We're the mirror to boxing kangaroos with babies in their pouches. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.